welcome to episode 65 of the BMcast. Not a podcast that's running out of intros or people to complain about, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I am Scott, and I am joined by the Gavany Tropper herself, Emma. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Exhausted, because I played like two hours worth of very intense badminton, and I'm very, very sore and very tired, but otherwise I'm good. Um, bit of a quiet one for me this week, because I've just been like chilling out, not really feel like playing Magic, so I'm just taking some time out. But I did receive a really nice Innistrad Midnight Hunt Care package from the folks at Wizards of the Coast in yours truly. Uh, so I've got a bunch of like set boosters, draft boosters and collector boosters. Um, I also picked up one of the, the, the cool theme boosters. I've got like one of the werewolf ones as well. I um, haven't opened that one up yet. Um, I've got some nice cards. So I've got like a cigar, I've got a Teferi and some of the internal night frames, which I think I look quite cool. I'm a big fan of those. Seemed cool opening some stuff. There were some issues that I have with them though. So, especially with the set and collector boosters, the ones I opened, it feels like they were seeded a little bit in the sense that I opened the same card okay. twice and the same frame twice and the same foiling twice. And it just kind of feels mm. bad to, you know, if you were to buy it, for example, it just kind of feels bad to spend like 20 quid on a booster and then be like, oh, cool, I've got two of the same card. And they're like commons and uncommons. They're not like rares or mythics or anything like that. They're just commons and uncommons. And it like, it just kind mm. of feels bad. Like even, even though I got the stuff for free, like it still felt a bit rough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know how, you know, I don't know if that's intentional or it's just like, you know, seeding of packs or whatever. Um, but yeah, it feels a bit hard done yeah. by if I did like, buy them, you know. Um, otherwise, cubes all updated with Midnight Hunt cards. There was only a handful this time, so it took like no time, which is a relief. And I'm also building another deck that we discussed about before we started recording. Uh, so I'm going to be building eggs in Modern because oh, yeah. it's back and it looks a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot slower compared to like the KCI stuff. Like it's not as silly as it was once before. Um, but you have stuff like Zurin Orb this time to sacrifice your lands, which includes Urza Saga, which is nice. And then you just phrase reward, open the vaults, get them all back. Um, and then you use, do the usual pyrite spell bomb nonsense as well. But as I have Tron and Affinity, I have a lot of the cards already. Mm. So it's just like half a dozen cards and then the deck's done. So I'm going to make that for it's FNN. Yes, yeah, so I free real estate. And I'm a big fan of using expensive cards in other decks. And it'd just yeah. be nice to have another deck just to take to like FNMs and stuff. And no one's going to expect me playing eggs, so that's going to be fun. Otherwise, I've been continuing playing retro stuff, so I played a lot of Super Mario World last week. This week, I've been playing a lot of Mega Man X, because that is now on the Switch, and the Legacy Collection was like half price. It was like seven, eight quid, so I'm just like, Mm. yeah, I'll pick that up. Um, So that was fun. And also, I picked up an old PS1 game, which I don't know if many people will know. It's called G Darius. Uh, It's one of of those like classic bullet hell shoot-em-up games, and I used to play a lot of those as a kid. Um, And it's really, really good fun just to go back and just, you know spew out fireworks mm. onto a screen so i've been doing that how about you cool cool yeah i'm good i'm good i've been working on a couple of new decks actually to add to my commander roster so first up i'm building slowgurk the Overslime as my lands deck i think i mentioned this before i have a tatiova deck but it's just too slow and dirty like i'm the attacky stormy guy it's not my not my jam to just be sitting around with a tatiova so i'm making it a little more aggressive slowgurk is just a better beater gets bigger has trample you know I'm also working on a Kess build as well because my Niv-Mizzard Payrune deck, it's just not getting the play that it should. Mm. Like it's quite strong, so I rarely bring it out for chill games, which is the majority of the games that I play these days. So I know Kess is known for being strong, but I won't have half a combo just sitting in the command zone threatening to go off at any time. So that's a a good start, I suppose. My 
article this week actually is about tribal decks and some affordable and interesting pieces to either help build a strong budget list or to help replace the boring and expensive staples in your lists. So that's live now over in Car Kingdom. You can check that out over there after the show. And outside of Magic, I'm still spending a bit more time playing Neo. Um, it is still good and fun. It's definitely a challenge, but I've since learned that there are some tactics that definitely make the game significantly easier. And I've absolutely been abusing it because, you know, I have nothing to prove yeah. to myself or anyone else. Uh, <laughs> there's a magic system in it where you can... Magic is like a stat that you level up, okay. like in Dark Souls. Yeah. And the more of that you have, the more magic points you can put into different spells. The spells are usually in the form of like talismans. They're like single-use spells that replenish whenever you rest. So one of them, you get two uses of it where you can cast it and it turns one enemy slow-mo for like 15 seconds. And yeah, you could just use it on a boss and then absolutely wail on them. So that's just good tactics. That's exactly what I've been doing. Yeah, right. And like a friend of mine was like, ah, oh, that's cheesing though, isn't it? I was like, well, it's it's literally a game mechanic. So it's not like you're abusing a game mechanic, you're just literally using I've it. I've used slow gap in Final Fantasy a bunch of times on bosses and it's been absolutely fine. And also haste exists, <laughs> so that just feels like I'm cheating half right? the time anyway. That's it. <laughs> but yes, that's myself. Have we got any housekeeping? We do have some housekeeping. So we'd like to give a warm welcome to Mark Davis, who is the latest member of the Stonks tier on Patreon. So thanks a lot, Mark, and enjoy the benefits. Just to remind people who are patrons or looking to be patrons of the BMcast, uh, you do get access to our episodes a whole day earlier before release, along with show notes, guides, and some other bits and bobs that we like to throw in from time to time. Mm. So thanks a lot, Mark. If you enjoy the BMcast and would like to support them, you can become a patron for as little as $3. You'll get access to all of the notes and deck lists they use on the show, and their $7 tier gives you VIP access to the greatest budget resources of any magic podcast. So what are you waiting for? Visit patreon.com forward slash budget magic cast to level up your game and get your stonks on. All right, so before we jump into the episode, we have Card of the Week, and I believe it's my turn. So, my Card of the Week is, again, another one that I wouldn't normally be caught out playing, but it is quite strong. So, that is Lavinia Azorius Renegade, right? She is 80 cents. And the card is white and a blue for a 2-2 legendary human soldier. And Lavinia reads, each opponent can't cast non-creature spells with converted mana cost, or mana value now, greater than the number of lands that player controls. And whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. So this is actually a pretty reasonable sideboard card for modern now at the moment, if you're in blue-white, because it stops cascade decks, it makes opponents pay for force of negation, they can't just cast it for zero because it gets insta-countered, it counters baubles, it counters most Tron payoffs, all of the evoke creatures like fury and grief and that kind of thing all of them get countered it is playable in commander too it's kind of mean it's a very strong stacks piece you know combos with knowledge pool or omen machine to lock your opponents out of ever playing another spell again so you know if that's your thing in commander then you can do that but <laughs> i'm looking at a more of a, a modern cyborg card at the moment and it is kind of good yeah, it's very good good, good cool again i wouldn't expect you to pick this one because it's blue white yeah well Funny thing is, I actually have this in my sideboard for Affinity because it turns mm-hmm. off stuff like Living End and um, Crashing Full Falls and that kind of thing. So, Good yeah. Job. Yep. 
Okay, and then also before we jump into the main topic, we're doing a quick The Week's Roundup. We don't really have a whole lot. Not much actually happened this week, as you can probably tell by the intro. We didn't really have anyone to, you know, drag through the coals of our intro. (laughs) The only thing that sort of really stood out to me was Red Bull Untapped is back. Probably Mm. important to point out that we're not sponsored here. Um, Though Red Bull, you know, if you happen to be listening, you know, hook me up, yeah? Give us a shout. Firstly, thanks for listening. (laughs) Secondly, sponsor us. Yeah. To be honest. Uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I actually played in Red Bull and Tap before and I day would one of their events and it was a lot of fun. It was pretty good and it was pretty well organized. But this time around, it's six free international tournaments. So they're all going to be online and there's $20,000 or plus in the prize pool per event. Right, So that's $120,000 plus. And there will be two in-person events coming soon. Um, One is going to be in Portugal and one is going to be in Japan. There's no information on those yet. They've just been announced that they're going to happen sometime soon-ish. But yeah, we'll leave a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. Like we said, it's free to sign up. So, you know, it's it's literally the cheapest tournament you'll ever be a part of. I believe it's standard, isn't it? Is that standard and historic? I want to I say because so. it's on arena, isn't it? So mm. they would, it would, it would be. I, I think I remember seeing something. It was standard, and then like I think like day two or like the top eight or something like historic or something. There's a combination of the two, either way. Yeah. But really exciting. It's cool yeah. to see these kind of events come back. To be honest, they were quite popular last time. Yeah, for sure. It was good fun to stream as well. Now moving on, we are going to talk about some budget modern decks. So there's a reason for this for us wanting to talk about this and that is that recently enough last couple of weeks i started to get really really annoyed because i looked at the top tier decks in modern on the likes of mtg goldfish and stuff and i know that you know that's not reflective of a meta game and that kind of thing it's just showing you some of the more popular decks they were all so expensive (laughs) like you're looking at like there are some decks that are over two thousand dollars and the average is like eight or nine hundred plus and no no screw that like modern is one of those places where you're supposed to be able to sort of you know have your pet deck know it inside out and be able to do well with it and while that is still absolutely true that has not changed at all but looking at these metagame pages and that kind of thing implies otherwise you know you see all these decks and it's like "Mm, you can't play your you know your hollow one deck or whatever it is because well it's not listed here and also it doesn't cost like 800 that's not the case you know you can still 100% do it and that's why we're going to talk about some budget modern decks today. We have five decks here that are cheap to pick up. If you're thinking of joining modern, one of these should appeal to you in some form. Um, or if you just want something different from your main deck that won't cost you an arm and a leg, there's some good options here as well. I'm going to kick us off with the first one because it's my current favorite deck. And I have this in paper and just this Thursday gone... Actually, as you're listening to it, it will be exactly one week ago, if you're listening on the Thursday. Uh, I was down in the War Chest, which is a small LGS down in Dunleary in Ireland. And we play some chill games down there every Thursday now. You know, socially distant, no. uh, masks, yeah. vaccination required, all the whole lot. Plus, I because it's a small turnout, I know every single person that's shown up and I know they're not all morons. So that's nice. And <laughs> That's also good. So, yes, the list that we're going to be talking about here is Affinity. It is not really like Affinity list from before, with the likes of the Archbound Ravager and Ink Mod Nexus and going real fast and like slamming a load of stuff onto it for an infect kill. 
it's much more grindy in mid-range now because of the likes of Thought Monitor and adding Thought Cast, you basically just have a ton of grind power. You've got access to excellent removal and reach in the form of the likes of Dispatch and Galvanic Blast. Uh, Galvanic Blast being particularly good against the likes of Dryad of the Elysian Grove, which is um, awkward to deal with otherwise, with the exception of maybe like Unholy the Heat The 2 body body's really awkward, isn't it? Yeah, big time. Giganta is a free companion in this deck. Sure, it takes up a sideboard slot, and sideboard slots are important in modern, but it is free real estate. Not a single card needs to be changed in the deck in order to have it as a companion. So... I see the ability to, like, this still does have a bit of acceleration in it, like it has the likes of Springleaf Drum and everything, so you can get a bit of an explosive start, but then you might not have much to do with your mana. So buying Giganta and then playing her a turn later is pretty viable and pretty decent. The mana base is ridiculously good for one that's this cheap. Like, the entire mana base is, like, 25 to $30, and I've regularly used Prismatic Ending out of the sideboard to hit four drops and I once used it to exile a Titania Protector of Argot. So I did get the full nice. Wooburg in order to do that. Nice. It's really good. It can be aggressive. It can be grindy. And the sideboard really, really helps to get you leaning into one direction over the other. This does require a lot of reps, though thankfully they're reps that you can do by yourself because you need to know like whether you can keep or mull and how those hands play out, what your turn two board is going to look like, that kind of thing. So... That's the main problem with the deck is just getting used to it. Once you're used to it, it's really, really good. And the upgrades is for Urza Saga. And when you do that, you just have to like tweak the mana base a little bit in order to make everything work. Once you get the sagas, you'll just need to get a Shadow Spear as well. So mm. you're looking at like $100-ish to upgrade, maybe a little more. But then you have like the full shebang, like the whole deck done. Like I said... This is the deck and the 75 that I'm personally running right now myself. And mm. I don't think I can find a better way to stand by a deck than going, this is the exact 75 I use and it's $120. It's real good. So, it, but it is really good. So yeah. I'm playing the Neoform version at the moment because mm. my mess is a little bit more combo-y. So I kind of want to combo them back. Um, but I do need to pick up the the bits for Is It and Jess Guy just so I can so once that meta game changes I can be like oh I can go into a more grindier slower approach when everyone's playing like Boomer Jund and stuff like that. Yeah. But no, this is this is really fun. I, I've loved playing Affinity the last like two to three months. It's it's just so much fun. You get mm. you get these really explosive starts and you don't need Mox Opal anymore, so it's pretty good fun. Yeah. And plus, it's I think it's the ideal kind of deck to like lend someone for someone getting yeah. into modern as well because it's so cheap you can just be like hey play this you know just you know affinity is pretty straightforward in like knowing what to play first and stuff so i think it's a good like entry into modern with that team yeah yeah for sure so next up we have monored prowess may not be a surprise to see that monored is really good in modern at the moment and um, but you can still do well without four ragavans because you know who wants to spend almost 360 dollars on four monkeys it's an aggressive deck that looks to control the battlefield in a creature-heavy matchups and abuse the prowess against more linear decks. So you run cheap creatures like Monastery Swiss Spear and Soul Scar Mage, and then you just pile that up with like Lightning Bolts, Lava Darts, Lava Spikes. You tend to go face a lot of the time. It's very, very aggressive. You only really kill creatures if they're in the way, that kind of thing, because you just want to connect with your opponent as much as possible. This is one of the top decks for a long time in like 2020, like before you know COVID and stuff. It was just blisteringly quick and cheap. 
it's still very good now. It's a really good entry into modern because it just teaches you how, like, life totals. It teaches mm. you how to output damage. Also, a bit of combat mass is always a bit nice to learn into when coming into modern. And you can upgrade it further. It can be pricey because this is, like, the sort of foundation for modern at the moment because you run it with, like, four Dragon Race Chandler, four Mistress Bauble, and four Unholy Heats. Mm. And that's, like, the baseline for modern at the moment. It's quite powerful. A lot of the top decks run that at the moment. And if you get ever get bored of red, you can splash into blue. So you can go into Izzet Prowess and run stuff like Merc-type Regents. But warn that the land base gets quite expensive because, mm. you know, your Spire Blast Canals and Scalding Tars aren't cheap at the moment. And it always seems the Izzet pairing of lands is always the most expensive yeah. because, of, because of this reason. Because Izzet's just notoriously good in modern. Alternatively, if you don't want to go into blue and spend all that money on like fetches and expensive lands, you can get stuff like Seasons Pyromancer, which is just really good on its own. It is quite expensive still, but you can still keep it into red, add Furies, yeah. add Ragavans later on, and then or maybe add Nobosh as well as a companion to just push that extra damage. But for, but for like $150, it seems a pretty good starting point. And I'm pretty sure you could make good use of this with the upcoming Pioneer Challenger deck as well. You could probably upgrade, yeah. upgrade into that eventually as well. So that gives you the four soul card mages you need already. So Yeah, Prowess is really good. It's been around for a long time, like you said. And I would play this for a long time. Back when my two decks were Gift Storm and Red Prowess. Uh, I think this is among the top three decks that I've put the most amount of playtime into. And... Yeah. It still holds up. 100% still holds up. I would strongly recommend it, for sure. So, just as a by the way, if you're looking for these deck lists, you can find them over on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the BMcast because we're completely professionals and we definitely remember to put this at the start before we listed any of these. <laughs> but, you know, it's a Sunday. It's a lazy day. What are you going to do? Fight me. Uh- <laughs> Don't tell us what to do. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. Actually, technically, patrons, you are. So, don't tell them. So, so moving on from red to, well, red. (laughs) I have another technically, technically mono red deck. And that is what I call empty calories. The name comes from my friend Ian. Thank you, Ian. Also a patron. And as I've said before, definitely not my boss. (laughs) And so this is, look, this is modern's equivalent to a slot machine, right? If you want to go in knowing that you're just going to pull the arm of a slot machine and just see what happens, then this is one of the best decks for that. There's loads of random draw and discard in order to enable a hollow one plan, right? So you have your burning inquiries and your goblin lures and you have cards like flame blade adept and flame wake phoenix in order to take advantage of all that draw and discard. You have ox of agonis to be able to refill your hand after things start to sort of slow down. And then you also have the food package, which is Asmorana Mardica Dice and Akul Dakar. Yes, I can still say it. I still have it. And the Sick Underworld Bird. Cookbook and Oval Chase Daredevil and Street Wraith. They're all part of the food package. And Street Wraith obviously works nicely with Hollow One as well. Because there's a load of discard and everything, Feasting Troll King can easily be put into the bin and reanimated with the food generated from the Underworld Cookbook. So... With all of this, despite the fact that there's a load of green and black cards in here, all of the ones that you really care about casting can be cast with just mountains. So the mana base is 17 mountains. It's a very small mana base, but it works. And if you want, you can upgrade the deck to include 
lands that will let you hard cast those spells if you want. Like if you want to be hard casting Oval Chase Daredevils or somehow feasting Troll Kings with the four green requirement. <laughs> uh, you can. I don't see the point in it. Like I wouldn't take this deck super, super seriously, but it definitely still plays really, really well. It's great against removal. It's great against counter spells. It's just really good. It's a it's a fun side deck. This is my side deck. This is what I pull out when I don't feel like playing super seriously, but I still want to be able to win games. So mm. this is this is the one I would go for. This comes in, by the way, at just about eighty dollars. So Mighty. yeah, not really much of Jeep a slot machine. Exactly, yeah. That's that's the deck. Oh, um so next up we're going away from red into green. Um so we've got mono green elves, which may seem fairly straightforward. Um, but in terms of like budget tribal decks, Elves is probably one of the best ones to go with alongside Goblins. Um, but Elves has just got some really nice tools in the last few sets that mm. kind of are affordable, not to mention powerful. Um, so, you're sim- so the simple plan with any Elves tribal deck is just to go wide with Elves. So you have a lot of one mana creatures. You have your Elvish Mystics and Nano Isles, which replace themselves. They ramp up. Um, and then you have stuff like Nettle Sentinel, and you have like your Lords, such as um, Elvish Arch Druid, you've got Elvish Warmaster from Kaldheim, which mm. is a really good one to add in. And then you just stack up on these Lords, and then eventually you find an Azuri, Renegade Leader, and then you just go sideways, give all your Elves Trample, and that's, you just snowball. This is where the term Elf Ball comes from, because you just pile on the Elves to the point where your opponent can't deal with it anymore. Elves has a nice toy in Modern Horizons 2, Quirion Ranger, which kind of went under mm. the radar, to be honest. Like, no one made a big deal out of it, which is really surprising, because it's one of like, the most underrated elves when we yep. talk about elves in Legacy. So, yeah, you just use this to, to untap elves to make more mana to grow your board even further. A lot of these elves decks tend to run like Collector Company as a way just to expand the board even further, because you can do it as early as turn 3 or sometimes mm. turn 2. Um, so Widing Way is the... Like the budget replacement on this, which does a similar thing at sorcery speed, but it allows you to re- refill your hand with elves, so you can just keep playing more elves. But yeah, besides that, it's quite straightforward. You just stack up on elves, you just go wide, and then you just turn sideways once you find your Azuri. Um, so the deck can be upgraded with uh, Collector Company. Um, you also have Cord of Calling, which is a really good one as well, because you can mm. just use all your untapped elves to find more elves. Um, and then you can splash into black if you fancy it as well with stuff like Shaman of the Pack, which is often the win condition in these elves decks. And if you're going down that route, you want to add black to your mana base. So you want stuff like Blossom in Marsh, Guilty Palace, and maybe like an Overgrown Tomb or two. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to play Tribal in Modern, Elves is probably the best way to go because it's just got such a, it's just so powerful. And also not to mention, Elves are always going to be printed, so there's just going to be more stuff coming soon. Yep, for sure. It's it's a very solid budget list as well. Yeah, coming in at $115, like, it's pretty good. And you've just got all, like, the staple elves already in here. So, mm-hmm. like, it's a really good base yeah. to get you started. It's very good. Now, moving on from elves into another deck that wants to cast a few things at a time as well. And that is Gruel Storm, right? So, it's like Storm, but Gruel. <laughs> now, I know that the name no kind way. of gives that away, right? But... It, it is possibly the most gruel version of Storm that you can ever make, right? Because you want to Storm off and make a bunch of creatures and turn them sideways. And it's it's weird because it uses a lot of stuff like Wild Cantor and Burning Tree Emissary and that kind of thing in order to play out a bunch of creatures, or spells in this case, so that are creatures, that are mana neutral. So they'll increase Storm Count without actually decreasing your mana. So you've got like Burning Tree Emissary, you've got Hidden Herbalists, Priests of Urobrask. When they enter the battlefield, they all generate the same amount of mana that it costs to cast them. 
what you want to do is just play out a bunch of these and then just surge a reckless bushwhacker to attack for a huge hasty amount of damage on like turn two or something and it might not kill the opponent outright but all you have to do is just untap and attack again and you're probably fine right there are a lot of really powerful cards in here. This list is a little bit more expensive in that it's $175, give or take, but that is because there's the likes of Manamorphose and Mishra's Bauble, and there are, there's like a playset of Copperland Gorge in the mana base and stuff. So you could tweak it around a little bit in the mana base to save some money, but the Mishra's Bauble and the Manamorphoses, they're going to hold their value or be useful elsewhere. Or you might just already have them if you're already a modern. So that's there as well so Shatterstorm is another way that you can make use of casting all these spells is not just reckless bushwhackering people um you can cast a bunch of creatures or these free spells and then just Shatterstorm make a bunch of creatures for value use them for attackers or blockers or whatever Thrasta Tempest's Roar is in nice. here as well right so 10 green green for 7-7 with Trample and Haste and Trample over Planeswalkers so any excess damage that's dealt to a Planeswalker it hits the controller but it has hexproof as long as it entered the battlefield this turn as well. So you pretty much guaranteed get a good attack with Thrasta. But you cost three less for each spell that you cast before her this turn. And that's surprisingly easy to do. So any four of Manamorphose, Burning Tree Emissary, Bauble, Strike at Rich, Hidden Herbalist, or Wild Cantor means that you can just pay green green, which you could have gotten off these creatures anyway, and just cast Thrasta on turn two. It's really not hard. Now... She's not an immediate kill, but like she outsizes a primeval titan and is literally a 7-7 on with trample on turn two. So it's real good. And then there's another backup plan of Galvanic Relay. So Galvanic Relay has Storm and you exile the top card of your library and during your next turn, as in you can't touch it this turn, but next turn you may play that card. So if you have a turn where you try to cast a few things and you fizzle you could just cast a galvanic relay exile four or five six cards or whatever and then just try again next turn so it's very all in like there's no sort of fail safe really you know there's there's different ways you can attempt to go off and storm off and stuff but if you fail and your opponent stops you you've kind you're kind of dead in the water but with that said it's extremely hard to stop you if you start going off and like like that put a thrasta down on turn two or kick a reckless bushwhacker on turn two for 16 damage or something and you have like five creatures on board like what's mm. your opponent going to do you know i did go in depth on this in a piece recently for modern horizons 2 over in card kingdom i'll put the link in the show notes uh, you can check that out it is definitely i would put this as a side deck if you are interested in joining modern i would not say this is, should be your first deck I would look more towards the likes of Elves or um, Prowess mm. or Affinity or something. But it is definitely fun. And speaking of fun, <laughs> and I think, oh, I, would say, yeah. I would say a side deck, but I think it's the side to the side deck, mm. right? You, you, you don't really play, yeah. you don't go out your way to play this unless you just like have the cards. And the last deck we've got mm. today, so it's $35 first off, which is really, really cheap, mm. right? Um, and, it's, and it's called Calibrated Surprise. And basically, it runs a place of the card from Modern Horizons 2, Calibrator Blast. And what you're looking to do is you either cascade into it, because you, you run Throws of Chaos, so you can cascade into it. Um, or you cast a spell, and then you're looking to reveal either a Sign of Draco or Autoton Worm. You're just basically wanting to kill people with these high mana value creatures 
that are like yeah. you know what well, Draco's like 12, C- 12 mana value not CMC I keep wanting to say CMC and yeah. then the worm's like 15 so it's just like you're just hoping to dome people for like yeah. it was a stupid amount of like damage just for these high value creatures so yeah. basically it's not it's really really loose and it's a bit of fun it's just funny to kill people with these big creatures um, so you're just looking to mull into either calibrated surprise or throws of chaos and then you're mm. just good to go and then you just just get there and just have a bit of fun I guess um, it is really cheap it's a bit yeah. different it's not something that you would be like oh man I'd take this for an FNM or you know it's, it feels very kitchen tabley if you get what I mean um, but it's a lot of fun and it's just mm. good if you have the cards lying around you know like Sign of Draco is not terribly expensive either so and it's kind of seen some player modern with like domain decks but it's just a really silly thing just to say yeah I killed someone with a yeah. <laughs> with a calibrated blast yeah it's kind of, it's kind of like uh, 2021's equivalent to like zombie hunt yeah it reminds me of the time when I killed yeah. someone with a combustible gear hulk in legacy because I was playing one red sneak and they were like yeah you can reveal the cards and I was like alright I reveal like a world's fine whatever gristle brand and this okay you're dead <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that, you know, it's a bit silly. Um, yeah. I wouldn't worry about upgrading this because it's really, really loose. I, I wouldn't pick up Emrakul's Aeon's Torn for it because it's just as it's more expensive than the deck itself. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just it might be a cool one just to have lying around if someone just wants to have some really silly good fun. Yeah, yeah, it's real good. To be fair, like, it is pretty decent in the fact that Calibrated Blast has flashbacks, so if you don't kill them on the first one, you'll kill yeah. them on the second one, and you don't have to find the next one. And Throws of Chaos is really, really good because it will just find you more Calibrated Blasts. And you have 42 lands in the deck, so you can just keep <laughs> pitching them to Throws, which is fine yeah. also. But like that, yeah, it's... It, like, if your FNM has a jank week... This is the deck to bring. <laughs> you know, it is the most glass cannon thing possible. Like a single counter spell kills yeah. the deck. Like you just any can't form of interaction. Deck, you know? So yeah, a leyline of sanctity. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> leyline is yeah. It's the, leyline is just game over. Yeah, you just like, scoop. <laughs> scoop them up. It's good, but it is a lot of fun, and it's really not expensive. The majority of the lands are just in there for because they're like, ah, oh, it's kind of useful stuff. Like you know, you've got mistress factories for like emergency blockers or if you hit like if your opponent like fetched and you hit an autocaton worm off your calibrated blast and you need to close out a bit more damage or something you know you can use like ramanap runes or the mistress factories and attack a little bit mm. or that sort of thing so they're not expensive at all which is nice but <laughs> it's also like you said it's just not great it's you know fun. but it is fun it is fun yeah the fun it's the fun points rather than the start no, the win points that's it so that's it they are the five budget modern decks with the extra bonus $35 calibrated surprise there at the end if you were to get into modern say like Emma if you were joining modern right now for the first time mm-hmm. and you didn't know anything about it which one of these would stand out to you as being the one that you would gravitate towards i think i would just go with mono red i think that would be my yes. if i was completely new had no clue like obviously like the thing is when we talk about decks like playing into modern mm. it kind of based on your history what you play in standard yeah for example but if i was completely new to modern i'd just like to play modern red it seems simple i would take that as probably a burn deck it's very direct it's very straightforward it just seems very honest. Like it allows me to pick up combat mass. It allows me to figure out how much any damage I need to do, what kind of resources mm. I need to use. I don't need to worry about expensive mana bases because it's one color. Um, I think that would yeah. be the easiest one for me for a while. And then, 
as we said earlier, you can extend it into like is it or just make it a much more tuned mono red mm. deck. Um, I think that would be my one. What about you? I would probably aim towards mono red prowess as well. I know that a lot of people, when they see the likes of like these red aggressive decks, they have a tendency to think like, what if I get bored of it mm, quickly? Yeah. You know, because burn mono red burn is a good deck that you can 100% put on this list and I was going to only we'd talked about it recently enough so I didn't want to double up on stuff but this has surprisingly good game like it can grind out it really really can between the Bedlam Revelers and the Bone Crushers and the Light Up the Stage and the it has an awful lot of game to go long and I think that is the thing that would pull me towards the deck more than anything else because like I said I love playing Burn but it does kind of suck when you've like you know unloaded your salvo and you're just there like I need to top deck two bolts in a row or they're just gonna turn the corner and I lose whereas with this you're like if I top deck any of like 17 different cards out of this deck Mm. I'll I'll be able to like cobble together some sort of like grind plan from this point out plus you have stuff in the graveyard because you've got like lava darts in the graveyard and stuff that you can flash back like there's it feels like there's always something to do which is good when, I, yeah. when people want to get into modern, I normally should suggest to them mono red because it's just so easy. It's just straightforward. It mm. doesn't overcomplicate things. And if anything, you want people to understand it and want them to progress and like get it. You don't want to throw like Grixis Death Shadow at them or you know like something really complicated. Yeah. And they're not going to understand it. And then if they don't understand it, they're not going to want to play it anymore. And that defeats the purpose of the whole thing, right? So yeah. I quite like mono red as a good starting point. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, to round out the show, Emma, we got any Q&A? Yep, so we have the one this week. It's a little quiet this week. Um, so we have a question mm. from Servo Token on the BMCast Discord. Kind of, a, it's like 1.5 questions. But they ask, how frequently do you pick through your boxes of cards for the hidden gems that have increased in price over the years? Also, we've got a giant pile of boxes of cards that we don't look through, right? Like a pile hmm. of shame. <laughs> well... <laughs> I don't pick through boxes for hidden gems that have increased in price over the years at all. But what I do is I pick through my boxes of cards for cards for decks I'm building all the time. Yeah. And if I happen to skim past one, I'm like, oh, here we go. Nice. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I do. <laughs> and I have got giant piles and boxes of cards that I do look through. I just don't like to acknowledge their existence because yeah. they're quite large uh, <laughs> I've still got yeah. I, I still got like you know like all the like the free stuff like Modern Horizons 2 like all the commons and uncommons from those like I need to like mm. either get rid of them or just like keep the playsets I want to keep because it's just like I can see it. it's in the corner of my room staring at me right now it's just like I really mm. need to tidy this up but it's just so much work at the same time but then it punishes <laughs> you for procrastinating right because then because you get more cards and you just add to the pile and then it just gets worse and then eventually you got to sort it I'm not one to be aggressive looking at value of cards. If I see a card that that I know has gone up, I'm like, cool. I'm not going to flip it because I'm the reason I've kept it mm. is probably because I want to play with it in like modern or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I do have a pile of shame as well. So I think that's just a rite <laughs> of passage at this point, right? 
Yeah. The magic pudding. That's the, the the pile of shame is the thing that if the pandemic wasn't on, you'd be like going down to the LGS and unloading it onto like some unsuspecting child that's just started playing. And you're like, here, yes. I'm your savior. Have 7,000 cards. And they're like, yeah. what? And you're like, please oh, we all, just we all take them. That, haven't we? <laughs> like, yeah. We all yeah. had that when we started. Oh, yeah, here's a bunch of cards. You're like, wow, this is great. And you just realize it's actually terrible. But the gesture's nice. It gets you started, doesn't it? And yeah. it's that kindness, that kind of passes on to to other players and stuff i really like that when people do that yeah thank you for listening to us here at the bm cast and a special thanks to our patrons at the cheering fanatic tier we have alejandro kilgore trout 503 max makes magic the jess guy the joe cheney Nicholas Martin Bradley Rose Ian Holland who's not my boss Christopher McCarthy Tom Telford Anton Clement Edward Whitney Evil Vanilla Glaze and Matthew O'Neill and at the Stonks tier we have Anga Orr Scott Creech Simon Grip Brian Madden A Nice Planeswalker Nerblin Everett Brogan Alex Gibson Bo Schwartz Madsen Mickey Paris and Mark Davis thank you all for helping to keep this podcast on the air we can't thank you enough if you'd like to support us and add your name to this list of lovely and wonderful people, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the BMcast. If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagiccast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at the BMcast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck.